Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of the CIAC Cast. I am Joel Cookson, and I am also thrilled that you've decided to be with us this week. We have uh, a really good show. I'm, I'm excited about this one. I think we're doing, uh, doing, trying to do something a little bit different this time around. So we've got uh, two uh, first-time guests with us, and then one who I think has only been on once or twice. So. Very excited to uh, to have the folks with us this week. Going to have kind of some wide-ranging conversations about covering high school sports, uh, along with some uh, specifics on a few sports. So really looking forward to uh, to these chats, I think. We're going to talk to Jeff Jacobs, uh, columnist for the Hartford Current. We're going to talk to Mike Sportini of Laxworm.com, who uh, has decided to dive into the, no pun intended, boys' swimming beat this season. And then we're going to talk to a student, something we don't do all that often on the CIAC cast, but uh, something I should probably do more often, quite frankly. Uh, a young man named Cooper Boardman from Staples High School, who uh, I've come across uh, a few times covering uh, things for Staples. So I uh, wanted to chat with him about all he's doing and, and try to provide a little inspiration maybe for other students out there who are looking for ways to, to get involved and, uh, and do some extra things when it comes to uh, high school sports. So really looking forward to this. I think we've got uh, some good conversations coming up and uh, hope you will enjoy it as well. So we'll get into it here very, very quickly. It's been quite a while, I think, maybe since uh, our last CIC cast. Let's see. Uh, yeah, it's been a little while. Looks like in, uh, ooh, wow. We went all the way back to December since we had a CIC cast. Okay, so we are, we're well overdue here. So as we always do, let's start with things you might have missed on CIACsports.com. We'll start most recently. We uh, just posted a story. Uh, the Unified Sports basketball season uh, is starting up shortly here, and uh, the Unified Sports staff hosted a coaching training session for, uh, for basketball coaches at the CIAC offices, and I was on hand to record it and post it on the CIAC website. So for those of you uh, who are basketball coaches for Unified Sports or coaches of any sports, there's some general information about Unified in the video along with sort of sports-specific things as well. Uh, we've got two editions of Linked Up since the last time we did a CIAC cast, so check those out. Did a piece that, um, quite frankly, was pretty easy for me, just required a little bit of uh, research, but I thought it was interesting, and that uh, we called Lessons in Sportsmanship. So what I did was went through, and one of my favorite things, and this seems uh, maybe a little bit strange, but uh, when we do the championship editions of Linked Up, uh, where we have all the post-game stories from, uh, you know, from the CIAC championships, uh, I always like to read through and just sort of see the great things that uh, that coaches or athletes are quoted as saying that, that sort of really show some great perspective. So uh, I, I compiled a bunch of them. So there's a story called Lessons in Sportsmanship on CIACsports.com where you can get uh, all kinds of interesting things there and, uh, and hopefully uh, some great quotes and maybe some inspiring things and just a great example of, of coaches and athletes kind of showing the proper perspective uh, after a championship. So hope you might uh, enjoy that. I thought it was an interesting thing to post, uh, you know, right before the holidays there in, in late December. So we are now in mid-January. So it's been a while. Hopefully you've checked it out by now, but if you haven't, uh, it is there for you. Uh, as always, Tournament Central is a great place to go if you're on the CIAC website. Take a look. Uh, you know, it is now 2017, which means the Winter championships are shockingly going to be upon us before we know it. You can get a look at rankings and schedules and all that good stuff there. Uh, get prepared for the winter championships. Sign up for uh, email or text alerts uh, for tournament information as well. Don't forget about the Class Act Schools program. We're going to be posting some things about that. There's a link uh, to the Class Act Schools section of CICsports.com in the upper right corner. You get two fans uh, high-fiving there with a little graphic. Uh, but you check that out, see what schools have signed up, maybe take a look at some of the things there, and uh, be sure to uh, to engage with with folks there. There's there's a way to uh, to share things on social media using the hashtag Class Act Sportsmanship. Love to see all of the examples uh, that are out there of, of schools that are doing some great things with sportsmanship in the Class Act School program. So. We continue to hope fans and uh, and schools will sign up there. If your school hasn't signed up, uh, take a look at it and, and maybe figure out what you could do to get involved and, and become a part of the Class Act School uh, program. So that's just a few things you might have missed at uh, CIACsports.com. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at CIACsports, Facebook.com slash CIACsports, or you can email the CIACcast, which is CIAC cast, and we do double up on the C's there, so it's CIACCAST at CASCIAC.org. 
all kinds of C's in that uh, email address. But uh, those will come in. If you've got uh, guests you'd like us to talk about, topics you'd like us to cover, or you just want to uh, you know, yell at me, that's, uh, I'd prefer you not do that, but I suppose it's, uh, it's well within your right if you're listening to us. Uh, uh, if you're taking the time to listen to us, you're more than welcome to do that. And you can, of course, subscribe to the, uh, to the CIC cast and leave us a, a review or some comments on iTunes as well. Uh, that's uh, something we've never really asked folks to do, but would love to see some feedback there uh, as well. So all good things that uh, can happen there at CIACsports.com. Before we get to our guests, of course, want to, uh, as we often do, um, talk about our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. Uh, the holidays are past us now, and I don't know if those of you uh, driving around on the Connecticut roadways may have seen they had those signs on the highways saying, you know, there have been X number of uh, traffic fatalities in Connecticut in 2016. Certainly a, a sobering reminder of what can happen out there on the roads if you're not careful, and being careful certainly includes keeping your phone tucked away, no distracted driving. Please uh, don't fall prey to that. Do not, uh, uh, you know, succumb to the temptation of pulling out your phone taking a look at it while you're behind the wheel. It's far too risky, far too dangerous. You're putting yourself at risk. You're putting other people at risk. They, uh, our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation remind you one text or call could wreck it all. Please be safe behind the wheels. The winter is, uh, you know, it can, can certainly be tricky in Connecticut. We had that terrible uh, pileup this past Saturday on uh, Interstate 91. Fortunately, no one was seriously hurt there. But uh, the, the winter months are, are no time to be uh, driving at not your, your peak level of, uh, of attention. So please be cautious. Please keep your phone t- uh, tucked away. And of course, also, please, uh, uh, if you're drinking, have a designated driver lined up as well. So reminders from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. That is going to do it for my introduction. And now I want to get to our guests. I'm really excited about this. I think we're going to have some interesting conversations this week. And starting us off, the uh, columnist for the uh, the Hartford Current, Jeff Jacobs, going to talk to us uh, a little bit, I think, about a, a recent story that he wrote, uh, unfortunately involving a, uh, a, a student athlete uh, that was taken from us way too soon, uh, as well as some other things. So hope you'll enjoy this chat. Jeff Jacobs of the Hartford Current. I have with me now a first-time guest on the CIAC cast and someone I'm very uh, happy carved out a little time to uh, chat with us. Jeff Jacobs of the Hartford Current was kind enough to join us. Jeff, thanks for being with us. Well, thanks so much for having me, Joel. Wanted to uh, to get in touch with uh, with Jeff, who's obviously somebody that uh, that sports fans, I think, in in the state of Connecticut, are very familiar with, and uh, in particular, something that that caught my eye. He wrote about recently that I really wanted to kind of start with, and then hopefully we'll get uh, to a little more general kind of conversation. But uh, Jeff wrote a, a column recently uh, about a Killingly High School um, athlete, student athlete, uh, who tragically passed away just after New Year's, uh, Ryan French. Um, and, and just wanted to talk about this piece, and first of all, highly recommend to anybody uh, that they go look it up and, and read it. It's really uh, heartbreaking in, in kind of a good way and, uh, and also something that will get your emotions going a little bit. But, Jeff, I just sort of want to start off with saying, you know, why was this something, you know, that you decided to write about, and, and how do you approach kind of trying to write a, a piece like that? You know, Joel, I live out, in, even though I work for Harvard Current, I live out in eastern Connecticut, and I'm sort of, uh, my son played uh, basketball playing field, and I'm sort of a big Norwich Bolton ECC follower. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I really enjoy I really enjoy high school sports, and they've really given me a lot of of joy in, in recent years. Uh, I'll go to games even when, you know, like, my son wasn't participating. And so I'd watched Killingly Track a couple times last year, and I'd seen Ryan French run. I didn't know him, but it's, he lives in the next town over. Uh, uh, next, the school is the next town over from me, and I know some of the kids are killing me. Mm-hmm. And when this happened, and I know, uh, thankfully, uh, a student athlete in high school dying in Connecticut is is rare. I mean, I, yeah. I probably could count them in one hand in, in a given year. Uh, very few. And so just the, you know, thankfully the uniqueness of that struck me and the fact that it was one town over and uh, it hit me in uh, I, I hate to say this but maybe in a more profound way than if someone lived 120 miles away from me sure and uh, that's why I sort of said you know this would be a, I think this would be a special piece to um, to run and and I'm on Twitter like like everybody else nowadays mm-hmm. and some of the kids who um, 
you know, just follow sports and and uh, live in the area uh, who I know follow me. We're, we're you know we're tweeting some really heartfelt things, and I said, you know, I would like to go and do something, especially because I knew that um, Katie Stevens, who people in track and field around the state know, is one of the best distance runners in the state. She took like 15th in the state cross country open, third in the or class meet, and mm-hmm. she's one of the best two mi- one of the better two milers around the state. I know she had a very close relationship with Ryan, and I just felt that that would be a, along with Coach Joe Bannis, who is the cross country coach. I just felt that I could get to the core of a, of a of a good story about a, you know, tell Ryan's story of his life and also the relationships he had with you know within the uh, the distance running you know teams there in, in track and and cross country because having run track myself in high school, I, it, it's you know, it's a little, it's a, it's its own special little bond within a team, and 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 that's where you know, sitting down with them at uh, in the uh, in the weight room at Killing High, it was it was it was heartaching. It was it was just it was very. Just, they were so emotional, and it was uh, you know, I just you just hope to capture it in a in a in a good way and in a positive way that you can tell a story that that means something to people. Everywhere, that, yeah. and that was the one thing I wanted, you know, because if, if I don't, you know, if it, if it was just the local paper, uh, a weekly in Killingly, you could tell it one way, and they had had some deaths outside of sports at the school, uh, but it was just, I wanted to tell it in a way that somebody in Greenwich uh, or Stonington could appreciate it as much as, as Killingly or Plainfield. Or Putnam, and that's and it was you know I try to strike on some universal themes. Yeah, no, no question, and it really, uh, yeah, it's uh, it just so much emotion, and uh, sort of leads into my next question was, uh, you know, you obviously you know going in that this is going to be you know an extremely emotional story for a lot of people. How do you sort of you know try to weigh that? You know, you're you're going in, and obviously you're going to write a story, and and you're going to try to be as as respectful and as you possibly can, but you know for as you're preparing for that, or even as you sort of write it, how do you, how do you kind of handle trying to deal with those emotions and, and not, you know, going too far or, or sort of asking questions that, uh, you know, that maybe are really going to, you know, sort of push people who are, who are in some emotional states in places that you don't really want to take them. Sure. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, often people surrounding the next layer out of the people who are grieving the most mm-hmm. are very protective. Uh, of of the people immediately involved. Yeah, I have found that so often the people most directly involved, if they can control their emotions at the time, you have to be very respectful of that. Yeah, uh, of of both them and and the surroundings. But if you can get them to a good place, they love love talking about you know the the people they've lost. And they love so much. It, it's it's enriching to them, I think, in their own lives. And that is it's it's a, it's a it's not easy. And sure. and you and you know you also I mean you just you obviously can't dive right in like in, in the hours after a a tragedy. But you know the next day or the day after that, uh, people gather themselves and they want to share uh, that person's story. And uh, like I and and. It, it, it's interesting. I, I found thing, I had an interesting professional experience. I have a, I'm, I'm having covered sports for so long. I'm comfortable doing that. Yeah. I mean, as as painful as it is, I'm comfortable in. Let, I'm, let me say, let me rephrase that. I'm kind of comfortable in knowing how I have to approach it. Yeah. Yeah. But sure. now we have video, and, and we all have video and everything with our stories. And I was supposed to take video on that, and I wasn't going to take it yeah. while those the girl, Caitlin, Katie Stevens, and the coach were just so they were distraught, and I w- I just wasn't going to go there. Mm-hmm. And I waited to the next day to talk to the coach, and there's a video that went along with it. Um, so I got into an area where I wasn't comfortable. I'll be very honest about it. And it's a new world with the media, with the way we do things. Uh, and I get, I know how people can feel, you know, a lot of times when the television cameras emerge on a, on a, on a, on a new situation, I know how people could feel, uh, certainly overwhelmed and maybe even exploited. Yeah. And, and in this, in this new world, I, I walked into something 
this time that I had not had not done before. Yeah. Uh, so you you know you knew you learn something journalistically all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And it's I'm sure some of that, as you say, you know, is just uh, unfortunately in some ways dealing uh, comes from experience of, you know, dealing with it and having to, you know, to make the decisions and, and, you know, sort of use your your best judgment as to, you know, what what people are going to be comfortable talking about and and what you want to uh, include. But, uh, um, you know, wanted to talk now. uh, Like I said, I really I really think and I I hope people do uh, check out the story. I think, as Jeff said, it is. uh, It's universal. Obviously, it's talking about a a young man from Killingly and and some of his classmates and and coaches. But uh, I think is is something that's universal for for uh, for people all all across the state. But uh, wanted to you know, I've I've thought about reaching out to Jeff before. and, And this story was kind of the impetus for it on this case. But You've mentioned, uh, you know, you're a fan of high school sports. You have the, mm-hmm. you know, the the luxury, the leeway, whatever it might be, to write about a lot of different things for the current. But you do, uh, on occasion, dive into the the world of high school sports as well. And uh, the last time I saw you uh, was at the press box at uh, New Britain New Britain Stadium, covering some high school football finals. And so I just right. thought our, our, you know, our listeners might appreciate kind of getting to know sort of a little bit of your process. So when you, you know, are at a game like that, the the football finals. Um, you know, and there were area teams for, for the current that were involved in those games, but you're obviously, you're not writing a game story, you're writing a column or, or a sort of different kind of piece. What do you, you know, how do you determine what you're going to write about? Do you, are you sort of coming in with ideas and, and you sort of wait and see how the game goes? What's your, your sort of approach uh, on things like that? And, and how does it uh, kind of work itself out as to what actually gets uh, included and what your, uh, what your column ends up being about when you're covering a game? Yeah, that's a fascinating question because I think maybe 20 years ago the current considered itself uh, a statewide paper and the newspaper world's changed and now we've kind of drawn back to an area. So I go into it uh, looking at, uh, you know, we had Ro- the games of that, that uh, day Rocky Hill and Windsor were playing. So uh, I was open to what happened um any of the school, if, if and both ended up losing that day, right? Uh, so that takes some of the, you know, I guess, I guess my first response, Joel, would have been if one of those schools would have won, uh, I would have tried, you know, Rocky Hill being a first timer and Windsor, uh, you know, you know, a rising power in in, in, in football, I, I would have picked one of those and, and run with that, sure. you know, and look through the game, uh, heroic play or. Or if one of the coaches mentioned that uh, a certain kid had overcome some sort of obstacle, drawn in, drawn in that direction. Since they both lost, uh, I, I'm thinking about my uh, thought process there. I kind of went to the his, the historic nature of the day. Yeah, you know how how the New Canaan coach and 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 uh, you know Insonia, had, you know the number, the staggering success they had. Yeah. Again, I mean, I think that people, if anybody who cares about um, uh, uh, high school football in the state, you know, New Canaan and, and so on. Again, they have universal themes of sure. success. Yep. So that's why I, I kind of went uh, went with that uh, in that direction, knowing that, you know, a person in, that that enjoys high school sports in Wethersfield or Windsor or, you know, or Glastonbury or Avon would still go, oh, yeah, I can identify with, you know those programs because they've won so much. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the, the thought. But yeah, I walk in uh, a lot. Of, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm hoping for a buzzer beater or, <laughs> sure. or you know, or, or you know, a touchdown pass with three seconds to go, and the kid who lives uh, in a huge circulation area, uh, you know, scored the bucket or caught the touchdown pass because you know that's 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 the best story. You, you, you always root for the story, I guess. I, yeah. I, I think that that sounds kind of simple and callous but i think when you're in a position to tell a story you want to tell the best story available for the people that want to read it no so that's that's sort of sort of where you go but uh, i just want to talk i am the, the high school basketball town of mohegan is one of the and i'm telling you i've been to i've covered olympics super bowls i've, I've mentioned the world i've covered things many times double digits the basketball days on the weekend down at Mohegan Sun High School basketball in Connecticut, those final games are as good as anything I love to cover. Well, it's it's a, just a terrific weekend. It's well run, and it's just the way it's, the way it's set up. And I can go back 
any number of stories in recent years. I missed it last year because UConn was on the road mm-hmm. again at, at Des Moines, and I bemoaned it the whole time. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, like uh, Weaver had, was we played, and like you know, Keandre Fair, who I know plays a putt to science, my son plays a putt to science. But it was like uh, I wanted to be there, you know, in that game, uh, uh, you know. So, but I, I'm a, I am Jeff Jenkins is a huge CIAC basketball weekend at Mohegan Sun Pit. It's as good as it gets. Yeah, no, we. Uh, it's certainly uh, one of the highlights for us all year, uh, as well as as you can imagine. So you you talked a little bit about this with the, and this is kind of similar, I guess, in a similar theme in that last question. But um, you know, you talked a little bit about sort of your your personal connection to the to the Ryan French story, and and you know, obviously, a big event like Mohegan Sun or you know the football finals are are gonna attract your attention. But I'm curious, you know, those are not the only times you, you write about high school sports over the, the course of the year. I'm just sort of curious, you know, is it is it happenstance when other stories ha- come your way? You know, you just sort of are trying to keep your eyes open or and ears open for things that might be worth writing about. And uh, is that sort of how it works? So you just kind of uh, hope that something finds its way to you? What's sort of your you know, way that things come, and, and hopefully the answer isn't just waiting for the CIAC to do something that you think is objectionable that you want to write about. But, uh, but, uh, well, that's all part. You know, when you're a columnist, you write the good and the bad. And absolutely. But it's funny. As far as the really good storytelling uh, pieces, they are more happenstance that, than I would like. Yeah. I would love to tell you that Jeff Jacobs had a systematic approach to it <laughs> and never missed anything. It would be the biggest lie because it drives me crazy. I mean, it's a competitive business, so sometimes when I see a story particularly well told in another paper or TV, I kick myself going, boy, how did I miss that? Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, there is a, it, it, things find me. It is funny, we're talking right here. Uh, I'm in a parking lot outside of Windsor High School because I was going to write something today on high school uh, from um, uh, their leadership council and their women's basketball uh, team, uh, excuse me, girls basketball team at Windsor High. It, it, it got donations, and they're going to play it at uh, in Meriden uh, Maloney this Saturday. Mm-hmm. And they're going to present uh, a young girl with toys and some other things and gift cards that they got after her mom was a uh, a hit and run uh, victim, and oh, she wow. died. And it, and it was, and I just know Kendrick Moore, who was a, you know, played with Marcus Camby at Hartford Public. One, um, one of the greatest uh, high school teams in Connecticut history, and he uh, he coached my son in AAU, and he just reached out to the current to like uh, uh, thought it was a good story, and I thought, and, and he actually reached out to somebody else, but he got back to me, and I and knowing that this is Kendrick's first time coaching girls basketball, yeah, he's coached as assistant and and college, and you know he played at D one, played for Providence, and so I've just known him over the years. And I just felt, and I and I'd been thinking about him as far as like coaching girls for the first time, and then this really terrific story came along, and I just jumped on it. Right. So as we sit here today on a uh, on a Thursday, uh, I'm going to write that today. So that Beautiful. that one kind of kind of found me, and because I knew somebody, and and you know I love I love it when somebody reaches out to me and goes, "Hey, I'm from Weathersfield, or I'm from Berlin, or I'm from somewhere else," and I do this a really good story. Sometimes I can't get to it. But I always pass them along to my sports editor, and uh, and uh, so many of the stories deserve to be told. And sometimes they they and this is maddening to me. Um, they bump up against another event that I'm covering over the course of a few days, and I can't get to it. Yeah. So it, it, it it's a maddening process, Joel. It drives me crazy, <laughs> and, it, and and as much reward as you as I feel for having uh, uh, written something after the fact, the two or three things that I missed just drive me crazy. Yeah, no, that's, uh, there's, there's always going to be more good stories than I think uh, than anyone could cover, quite frankly. And uh, So, yeah, we, we certainly do the best we can. But uh, just to have one more question for you, and I'm just kind of curious about this. I was thinking, you know, kind of what I, what I might want to ask you, and I knew, uh, as you mentioned, your son is, uh, is, I think, still in high school and is, is an athlete, and uh, I'm just curious, you know, if, if sort of having – kids go through high school and sort of seeing that experience has sort of changed your perspective at all you know you've been covering uh, sports for for a long time but I'm wondering if that has has in any way sort of altered you know whether how you think about it how you write about it anything like that whether that's changed your perspective absolutely I don't know how other parents feel but I suffer 
watching my kid play. Yeah. Supper. Supper, supper, supper. It's, it, it's like every mistake he made. It's like a dagger to my heart. I feel like apologizing to the other parents. And I say he's playing prep school now. I've gotten better, but through through high school, through the you know the, your your local high school. And I and I watch and people will know me. I I will watch game for thirty odd years, almost forty years. I'm very I'm sometimes fool around, but I'm uh, I'm passionate, but I'm dispassionate as far as like who wins and who loses, right. and can watch it with a very objective eye. And suddenly, when your own family is involved, it's crazy. I, I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm a loud fan. Yeah. And uh, and I, I've railed against people that uh, that, that you know that get on coaches and get on on referees. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, having been there, it's like you see everybody. And I know my own uh, faults as a writer, but when you, you know you see it, you you've got to learn and you got to maturely trying to handle that yeah. and, and and i get very excited when i kid played in in high school so it, it was a real it was a real learning experience for me because i was never i've never been a fan and all of a sudden i was a fan yeah and i loved it but boy there's responsibilities that come along with with it too especially as a parent and sure. and i can understand that it's not easy so it, that's what i've learned you know because it's really easy to say you know um uh the coach is right Parents stay in your stay in your lane, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and do that. But you see things. The coaches will make mistakes. But you know what? It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean there are bad coaches or wrong coaches. And, you know, you make mistakes as a writer or as a fan or as a player. And you, and you, and, you know, I, I, I've developed a, sort of a, a sensitivity toward that, uh, um, which which is really rewarding. And, and you know, I just yeah, it's it has it's changed my. It's changed my perception. I get so much joy <laughs> out of watching, like the, the kids that my son knew that are friends, and 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 uh, uh, watching them participate yeah. and do really good things. Like I said, I, I don't know how other parents feel, but I, I've talked to some. It's hard when your own flesh and blood are out there, you know, winning and losing and making mistakes, and it's like it's hard to be un. Unbiased. I don't even mean unbiased. It's hard not to be like overcome by yeah. <laughs> by the emotions. Yeah. But but being just one step away with the kids that are over your house, and stuff, I can look at it and say like I see all the good stuff that they do in it, and it and it's real. It's a real joyful thing. Uh, high school sports, boy. I'll tell you, there's there's there are a few things like it because it's just it's local enough that people that you know uh, are involved. Yet it's also accomplished enough. That you can really appreciate people itself. Like yeah. I, I, I talk about the basketball, but I'll tell you, the state open track. I go to that every year. I love that event. There's, yep. There are so many stories out there, and it's a beautiful. It's usually a beautiful day, and uh, sees people excel like that. It's really, really satisfying. Yeah. Well, we uh, we certainly feel that way as well here, and uh, and uh, yeah, we appreciate you uh, when you do. Uh, you know, able to, to break away from the Yukons or the professional world uh, to, to write some of those high school sports stories. We certainly love it. So, Jeff, uh, I won't uh, deter you any longer from heading over to Windsor High School, and uh, we will look forward to seeing that piece uh, in the coming days here and really appreciate you taking a little time to chat with us. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me, Joel. Thanks so much to Jeff. Really appreciate uh, him coming on with us. As I said, I was sort of had him in the back of my mind as a potential uh, CIC cast guest because I do know he enjoys uh, covering high school sports. Doesn't always get to it, but uh, has a lot of other things uh, that he's uh, covering. But was just sort of waiting for a story that really uh, gave me a chance to kind of talk to him. So was happy to, uh, to have the chance to do that. Shifting gears now, we're going to uh, take a little look at the boys' swimming season. Not a sport that we cover, unfortunately, maybe as much as, as we should here on the CIC cast, but thought we had a chance now as the calendar flipped to 2017 to take a little look at the boys' swimming season. And to do that, we're going to reach out to Mike Sportini of laxworm.com. We're happy to have with us now uh, Mike Sportini from the laxworm.com website. He's going to, uh, to join us today to talk a little uh, boys swimming, despite what uh, his website title might have us believe, and we will get into that. But, uh, Mike, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. My pleasure, Joel. So uh, Mike has been on the podcast before, as, uh, as our regular listeners might know, but for those who, uh, who don't, and he's uh, has had a website that uh, previously has been de- uh, dedicated to kind of covering all things uh, lacrosse in the uh, whether it's professional lacrosse or uh, or the world of uh, of high school lac- lacrosse in Connecticut, 
But uh, this winter, he, he reached out to me and let me know that he's, uh, he's adding uh, another uh, line to the resume here and is going to be covering boys swimming uh, throughout the winter season at the high school level. So wanted to get in touch with Mike and, and talk a little bit about the swim season, but also wanted to, to kind of get into uh, you know, what that coverage is going to look like and, and why this direction. So, Mike, I'll, uh, I'll start off with kind of my first question here is, uh, you know, why did you decide that, uh, that swimming at the high school level was something that you wanted to, to kind of add to the, the repertoire of uh, laxworm.com? Well, you know, Joel, it was, uh, it really came about, first of all, I was a swimmer, full disclosure, back in the high school days and, <laughs> and college days. So there's a little bit of the, the chlorine running through my veins. Sure. But that said, it, you know, it's a sport that's undercovered, I think. And I think these are athletes that are very, very good athletes and work very, very hard. And they don't get their just due, I think. You hear a lot about football, basketball, baseball, some of the bigger sports, but you don't hear as much about swimming. And I just thought maybe there's an opportunity that I can bring this a little bit more to the forefront, get some of these names out there of kids that are really doing well and excelling in the sport. Um, just like lacrosse, when I started lacrosse, it wasn't as strongly covered as it seems to be getting more and more now. So mm -hmm. just trying to bring more attention to it and, and really let people understand the sport of swimming, which I think is uh, largely misunderstood. Yeah, no question. And, uh, you know, if you look sort of in terms of, um, and not that this is the end-all be-all, but in terms of the, you know, kind of talent that's moving on to the college level uh, from the state of Connecticut, uh, you know, swimming might be uh, among the uh, the highest sports in, in terms of uh, Connecticut, in terms of, you know, the athletes and, and the kind of caliber that they're competing at. So certainly uh, folks that uh, that uh, are worthy of our, our attention as uh, is true of all high school athletes, quite frankly. So, uh, as we say all that, what's uh, what's kind of your plan for uh, for coverage, and, and you know what are folks going to be able to find uh, on your website uh, as we go through the boys' swimming season? Well, a lot of it's going to be results and summaries, and I'm going to be I've been probably at two or three meets a week so far, and I'm trying to uh, to see every team swim and, and get an idea of what's out there. So a lot of it is going to be meet results, a little bit of opinion by me, a little bit of a rundown and summary. Uh, based on what I saw in the water that day, uh, there'll be some there'll, there'll be some issue opinion papers, so to speak. Uh, you know, I did one that just kind of thought I talked about a little bit about freshmen coming in and how they're the X factor to a lot of these teams as the season starts because sure. you don't know those kids, mm -hmm. and they they have this big growth spurt between eighth and ninth grade. Next thing you know, they're winning a state championship. Yeah. So there'll be a little bit of that, and and you know, I have something coming up. Uh, this week on my show and also on um, on the website, which is going to talk about high school swimming and club swimming and why some of the club swimmers and club coaches don't want their kids swimming high school and vice versa. So we'll talk a little about some of the issues that, that kind of are in that swimming world uh, that maybe people don't know about. So I'll cover it through Twitter, I'll cover it through the website, and I'll cover it through the radio show that I do 11 o'clock every Sunday. Perfect. Well, uh, certainly uh, plenty to chew on for uh, for the, the swimming fans out there and for folks who maybe just want to have a little bit better sense of what's going on and, uh, you know, and really try to, you know, if they're interested in high school sports, uh, they got to be able to find uh, that appetite for uh, for information. So we're excited to excited that someone has decided to kind of uh, tackle all of the uh, the, the things that are going on with the, with the boys' swimming season. So with all of our, uh, you know, kind of previews and information out of the way, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the 2017-16-17 uh, the sure. uh, boys' swimming season. You know, what, uh, let's start with some of the teams. Obviously, you know, there's probably some teams that, uh, that folks who have followed championship results and CIAC results over the past uh, few years are familiar with. But uh, who are some of the teams that have really caught your eye uh, in the early season or are teams that you think are worth, uh, worth keeping an eye on as the season progresses? Well, you know, if, if I didn't mention Greenwich, I wouldn't be a good reporter. Greenwich is obviously a perennial power in this sport, and they yeah. have been for years. Coach Terry Lowe has done just a terrific job for the last, I think he started in 1967. So the guy's been around for a long time. He really understands Connecticut sports. He's a terrific coach. He really gets the most out of his kids as they come along. Uh, I, I have Greenwich as my favorite winning the state opens. I think Terry has won 33 state opens and 45 double L's or something along those lines, some yeah. ridiculous numbers. Mm -hmm. um, so he, that's certainly a team you got to watch for. And I saw the, I saw Greenwich swim Ridgefield. They're, they're going to be there. Uh, you know, they're, they're swimming well. They have a kid, Aiden, Aiden uh, Lewis, who is doing very, very well. Big, strong kid, and I think he'll come along at the end of the year. Probably one of their studs. They have a freshman. Um, his name is Andres Rue, 
and he's going to be a terrific swimmer as well. And plus, they've got a number of other kids that fit in there that may not be your premier swimmers and your tops, but they're going to be the two, three, four swimmers yeah. that take that second, third, and fourth space. You know, Pomperog, I saw them swim against Newtown, and, and Coach Pentino, Fran Pentino up in Pomperog has done a terrific job. I think he has fit 10 state championships. Mm-hmm. So there's another team that you got to watch. Very deep, good, solid frontline swimmers. Uh, it's a team that, that definitely is going to be around. And what I like about Pomprog and what I like about Coach Pantino is he develops swimmers. In fact, Dan McNamara, their their premier freestyler, he, he wasn't even on the team freshman year. They brought him on freshman year, and I don't think, if I remember correctly the story, I don't think he was a swimmer prior to that. I think he was wow. a lifeguard and he did some swimming. And now here he is probably you know knocking on the door for a state championship in the 100 freestyle. So he's certainly got to look at Pomprog. And then you got, you know, you got Ridgefield, you got Cheshire, you got Fairfield Prep, Duquesne, and Darien. Um, all those, they're all going to be in that mix as well. So mm-hmm. it, it should be an interesting, interesting season. Very much so. Uh, any, uh, any, you know, standout uh, athletes uh, uh, other than obviously the the folks you just mentioned, but uh, any others mm-hmm. that have really caught your eye in the early season, or um, you know, that maybe are uh, folks that uh, that people are going to uh, be hearing a lot about as we head uh, through the season and into the championships, uh, you know, in in the later part of March. Yeah, you, you've got a couple guys uh, that that have already been mentioned. I mean, last year they had terrific season. Kieran Smith of Ridgefield. Uh, a tremendous, tremendous swimmer, very versatile, can swim pretty much anything you put him into and, and, and do very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year won the 500 freestyle in a time of 426. And those that don't understand what those times are, 426 is screaming. I mean, that is a fast time in high school. Yeah. Uh, so he won that. He, he also swam the um, 200 freestyle and won that. So he's still around. He's going to be back again, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him. My prediction is to see him go under 420, which would be outrageous in the 500 freestyle. Yeah. Um, but that's where I'm looking to put him. Uh, and there's a guy from Brantford, Guilford. You know, you don't hear that team as being this premier swim team, but you got Corey Gambardella up there, who is another one mm-hmm. um, I would put in that class. Karen Smith and Corey are probably the two best swimmers, not probably are the two best swimmers in the state right now. Um, and Corey will be swimming the 100 fly, I'm guessing, in the, in the, at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, he's also swam the 200 free last year and, and, and lost to Karen Smith. So I don't know if he swims that again or if he changes events, and he could very easily change another event very well. So it'll be interesting to see that chess match as that goes, comes to the end of the season and whether he swims Karen head up or if they each split and they both win state championships. Uh, so those two guys are there, and they're terrific. Uh, Notre Dame and West Haven, uh, they've got a number of swimmers that have popped up all of a sudden. And, and I, I have Notre Dame and West Haven as my watch list right now, that mm-hmm. school. Um, David May yeah, was a swimmer, came back. I think, if I'm not mistaken, was injured last year. Um, but he's now back and posting some great early season times. Uh, Fairfield Prep has Oliver Russ, who is a, uh, a, a tremendous swimmer. He posted the fastest 100 freestyle time until last night or the night before where Corey Gambardella uh, took that away from them. So there's a lot of swimmers out there that you're going to be watching, but I think the two best in the state, in my opinion, are Corey Gimbardella and Karen Smith right now. Yeah, no, a lot of talent, and as we said, uh, you know, these are these are kids who are uh, who are going to be going and, and competing at the next level, uh, at the college level as well. So, uh, any uh, anything that has sort of uh, you know surprised you in the, in the early going? Obviously, you went into the season with some uh, some knowledge and some idea of uh, you know teams or and, and kids that maybe you wanted to watch. Anything that's uh, that's jumped out as a surprise so far in the uh, the 2016-17 season? You know, there's a couple kids that are that kind of fly under the radar. You know, last year we're in the state championships, we're in the heat, but probably weren't your top swimmers, maybe fifth, sixth, seventh type swimmers. Um, Reed Chavez from Shelton. Here's a kid that broke the school record already in the hundred fly. He went 53, uh, 53 eight, I think his time was. Uh, so he's already showing better times than he did last year, and it's pretty, it's early season. So mm-hmm. uh, here's a kid that surprised me. I've heard about him prior to, but. I never really watched him swim. He's a very, very talented swimmer. He's got very easy glide. And swimmers know what that means. It's, <laughs> it's getting out there and being able to let the body do its thing with the efficiency of, of a stroke. And yeah. he is just, he, he's that kid. Uh, they also have a kid, Hunter Ronsky, quiet swimmer, who's been swimming very, very well. So, you know, Shelton has surprised me with some of their talent that's on that that you wouldn't necessarily equate. You'd equate it to some of the bigger schools, but there they are. You mm-hmm. know, two, two talented swimmers that are going to be in, at the end of the year in that state championship. Um, some freshmen coming in. Uh, Nasik has a freshman, um, Will William Briand, and uh, he is uh, 
you know, posting some good freshman times right now. I wouldn't equate him into that top ten yet, sure. the top you know, top five, but certainly could be there at the end of the year. He's a freshman. He's learning. He's getting faster each win. Uh, he's a hundred freestyler, and he's he's doing well. And I think he swims a backstroke as well. But this hundred freestyle has been very very good. Um, so those are those are, have been surprises to some degree. I think, like I said, team surprises. Probably Notre Dame and West Haven. They've been swimming well and posting some great times. Northampton, uh, five hundred freestyler. Um, I, I'm watching these five hundred freestyle times as the season progresses because I believe this year could be our fastest five hundred freestyle group that we've ever seen. Potentially, we could have 10 kids under 440, which would be just amazing. And that would be a real fast, fast heat. And uh, so it's interesting to see how that's progressing. I'm keeping my eye on that. And then guys like Corey Gambardella already posted a 50-point-something in the 100 fly. Last year, he went 49 now, so he's not too far off of his best time. And that's a fast time, early season time as well. Yeah, no, a lot, uh, a lot to, to to chew on, and a lot to keep an eye on. You know, it's a, as you said, there's so much. Uh, whether it's the individual results or, or kind of judging and and trying to project where the teams may end up, and uh, and as you said, some of that coaching strategy as well that uh, is going to come into play once we get into uh, the the championship season. So really, uh, really excited to see uh, somebody who's uh, just just decided to kind of take it upon themselves to to bring a little coverage to uh, to some of the top swimmers and some of our top. Uh, you know, high school athletes. It's uh, we say all these kids are uh, are deserving of coverage and of some publicity. So, really exciting to uh, to see the work you're doing, Mike. And we appreciate you uh, taking a time taking the time to uh, to chat with us about it. Again, the site is uh, is laxworm.com. Don't let the name fool you. Uh, there's a lot of great uh, boys swimming coverage uh, as the winter progresses. So, Mike, thanks so much for being with us and uh, and keep up the great work. Joel, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much to Mike for being with us. That was a, a lot of fun. Really, as I said, you know, it's it's interesting. We have uh, Jeff Jacobs of the Hartford Current, you know, who's sort of a, a particularly well-known, uh, you know, someone who, journalist who writes about uh, high school sports. Then you have someone who's just, just taken it upon themselves. He's got his own website. He's writing about what he wants to write about and uh, uh, appreciate that as well. He's sort of found uh, what he felt was an underserved population of high school students and uh, and is trying to cover them. So we really appreciate that and uh, the work that Mike is doing to cover high school swimming. With that said, let's wrap things up now. We're going to get in touch with Cooper Boardman, a senior at Staples High School in Westport. Cooper, uh, as I said, someone who's come across uh, my path a few times uh, through his coverage of, uh, of high school sports at Staples. Wanted to reach out to him and, and talk a little bit about his perspective on high school sports. I am very excited to have this uh, this young man on with us uh, as a podcast guest this week. Those of you who uh, who listen to the podcast regularly know that uh, you know we do a lot of the same old uh, traditional media folks as our our podcast guests, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But we like to branch out a little bit as well every now and then. So I'm very happy to welcome to the podcast for uh, the first time, maybe uh, maybe not the last time, hopefully. But uh, Cooper Boardman, a senior at Staples High School uh, in uh, in Westport. Cooper, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me on, Mr. Cookson. Well, it is uh, it is a pleasure, and uh, I'm uh, I'm very excited to chat with you. So. We'll, uh, we'll get a little bit more into, as we kind of get going here, why exactly uh, Cooper is, uh, is someone that I wanted to talk to. But before we sort of uh, get into some specifics, let's just kind of go general. And, uh, and Cooper, I'll kind of let you do the cliched uh, question of, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourselves and our, so our podcast listeners have a, uh, a sense of who it is that we're talking to here. Absolutely. So as you said, I'm a senior at Staples High School. Uh, in Westport, Connecticut. I am the sports director of WWPT 90.3 FM uh, and the Staples Television Network. That's the uh, Staples High School School radio station. Um, basically, we are, like I said, uh, we have a sports department, a news department, uh, and a music department. I head the sports facet of our operation. We do live game broadcasts um, of Staples High School athletics, uh, everything from football to field hockey to baseball to softball. Uh, and everything in between, and uh, yeah, that's that's about what I do. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we, we uh, and you do it very well, which is one of the reasons I wanted to get in touch with you. And uh, I've sort of appreciated over the years. Uh, Cooper is one of the, the the few students I've met who uh, you know really seems to want to kind of go above and beyond and, and continue to to find new outlets to uh, you know to 
to involve himself in. You talked about your work with the student uh, student radio station. So sort of uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started in that and uh, and what your sort of uh, your goals were and, and kind of what motivated you to get involved with uh, with the radio station. Certainly. I'll, I'll attempt to keep it short, but I'll go back to uh, seventh grade. Uh, in seventh grade, I won this contest called the Yankee Junior Broadcasting Contest, uh, and I, basically, long story short, I, I got an opportunity to sit in the radio broadcast booth with uh, the Yankee radio announcers, John Sterling uh, and Susan Waldman, for a night. And you know, the Yankee, I grew up a huge Yankee fan. The Yankees beat the Red Sox. They clinched a playoff spot, uh, and I, I kind of fell in love uh, with it all. I grew up, and I, I know there are a lot of kids, especially in Westport, that can kind of attest to this. I grew up watching uh, Staples Thanksgiving Day games on the TV network here at Staples the STN, the Staples Television Network. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got here my freshman year, it, it was kind of a no-brainer that that was kind of what I wanted to get involved in. Um, you got to work your way up. It's a, it's a big operation. There are you know, more than 20, 25 kids that are involved in it. Um, and you've got to start from the bottom, which means you're spending your, your Friday nights in the studio, you know, basically pressing a button to turn people on who are actually broadcasting the game sure. you know, miles and miles away. Uh, and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, you work your way up. Uh, I got on the air late in my freshman year, uh, obviously my sophomore year, and then became the sports director in my junior year. Very cool. So what are, you know, I know um, obviously this is kind of uh, your your extracurricular activity such as it was. Uh, you know, what... Um, you know, what sort of was the, was it always going to be sports for you? Were there other things? Or, and, uh, you know, what uh, sort of, was this your way to, to just be involved in sports? Was that kind of what the, the goal was uh, from your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, sports are the kind of thing. Every kid grows up, uh, you know, wanting to hit the game-winning home run or score the game-winning touchdown as time expires. Uh, and I think at about, in about seventh grade at, Oh, I would say four foot ten and ninety five pounds. I, I came to the realization that I <laughs> probably was not going to be the next Derek Jeter. Um, and you know, I it's it seems there are a lot of you know people that are in the industry of broadcasting that kind of thing that have especially sports uh, that have the kind of story where it was like, oh, that's kind of a cool thing to talk about sports for a living. Right. Um, and I've had such an opportunity here at Staples, you know, with the radio station, a foundation that has already been laid. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to get to uh, explore that. What, uh, you know, what kind of things um, do you feel like, how do you feel like this has been, you know, beneficial to your to your academics as well? You know, what's one of the things that we always, uh, we always preach uh, here at uh, the CIAC and is in our organization as a whole is how sort of the involvement in these, uh, you know, extracurricular things, whether it's uh, student radio or whether it's competing in sports, whatever it might be, you know, can, can aid and, and be a benefit to, the sort of whole student experience. Is that something you found, and, and how, how has that been true for you? Uh, without a doubt. I think there are so many things that are kind of instilled in you. Like I said, it's a big program. We've had kids come through here uh, you know, that are now working in professional baseball. We have a kid that's working at CBS Sports, uh, and they come back and they talk about kind of their experience you know, and how their experience at WWPT helped them uh, in terms of you know, college and getting a job in the professional world and one of the resounding portions of it you know is kind of that preparation the research um you know when i sit down and i'm i'm broadcasting a game you know i'll go back you know you're looking at stats you're looking at news articles um you know newspaper clippings uh game film everything you can get your hands on you know you're putting together Mm -hmm. these kinds of prep sheets um and you learn that it takes time you're not going to be able to get the full preparation the full story of a team unless you take uh, the time that it takes to really get to know them. Uh, and that's something you can take into every portion of your academics. You're not going to be able to write uh, a good essay without the research. You know, it seems simple, but it is that repetition. It's, you know, being able to use those skills or something that has absolutely helped me academically. Yeah, no question. It, uh, yeah, the, you said it 100%. You're not going to be doing a, a credible job unless you put in the time uh, beforehand. I know, uh, or at least I think I know this, and if I'm wrong, uh, we'll c- just cut this out and no one will ever know. But uh, <laughs> are you also doing some things with, uh, you know, outside of Staples uh, with uh, Dave Rudin and maybe some other places just to kind of continue to uh, kind of expand and, and work on more projects? Yes, I, um, I do. So I, outside of the, the broadcast, or in terms of play-by-play, rather. Uh, outside of that, I do work for the Rudin Report. Dave Rudin's a you know, shameless plug, but 
I, um, yeah, I do his game day graphics, so, you know, each day he's tweeting out which game he's going to be at, and I, I put together the graphic work for that, uh, as well as about once a week I have kind of a game of the week where I go to uh, a game and do full video highlights for him. Very cool. So I just, you know, I sort of want to, I guess, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to Cooper One is because I've been, as I said, just very impressed with his kind of uh, initiative and, uh, and, and being so involved, but really just wanted to sort of see, you know, from your perspective, um, you know, students might hear this and, and feel like they've, you know, have the chance to get involved. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, how would you sort of tell kids maybe who say, you know what, uh, this all sounds great. Maybe my school doesn't have the, you know, have that radio station in place or, or I don't have somebody like, you know, Dave Rudin that I could try to work for. What would kind of be your advice in terms of how do you get started? You know, just trying to find something that uh, that you can do and also, uh, by the same token, how do you kind of try to find time to do all these things? Yeah, I, I should preface my statement with kind of what you mentioned, that I was very lucky in the sense that I was able to come in here uh, and have an opportunity with a foundation that was already set up with our radio station. But uh, I guess the best way to answer this is to kind of talk about uh, our social media. Um, about November of 2014, so going back to my the beginning of my sophomore year, mm-hmm. um, I created this Twitter page, uh, you know, called SHS Sports at Staples Sports. Another shameless plug. Sure, uh, you can that's all right. That's, there, hey, but. I, this whole thing is a shameless plug for me. So we're uh, uh, you're, you're in uh, in good company there. Uh, but yeah, so we created this, and I didn't 100 percent know exactly where it was going to go. I knew that I wanted to do something that was going to be able to promote the broadcast we were doing, maybe some highlights, maybe some graphics, um, and that kind of thing. And I didn't really, you know, 100% know. But the first game we covered was, you know, Staples versus Greenwich, which is a Thanksgiving football rivalry. We went to the game. Mm-hmm. We did a game day promotional graphic that, you know, looked as though it was cobbled together with uh, bubble gum and, and tape. And, you know, <laughs> we put together some video highlights. Um, you know, that I watched from time to time, and my voice was about 15 octaves higher, but I digress. And, you know, and now you're sitting here three years later, it's expanded both into Twitter and Instagram. Uh, You know, it's a combined over, I want to say off the top of my head, you know, 1,700, 1,800 followers. You get people in the community coming up to us all the time talking about, you know, how much they appreciate it, the live updates, the highlights, you know, the whole deal. Right. And I guess the, the biggest takeaway from this is, you know, we didn't need a radio station to create something like this. We didn't need a, an advisor to, you know, to show us how to use Twitter. Every kid knows how to use social media. Every kid, you know, knows how to, you know, use the Internet. And there are so many free resources out there to you. you know, the biggest piece of advice I've had is, is utilize them. Yep. You don't need the fanciest equipment in the world. They're online free broadcast casting platforms and things like that, but even if you're not comfortable being on the air, starting something like that, just so you're at the games, you're involved in the games, uh, you know, is something that, I, above all that I've taken away, that anybody can do this with the resources available as long as you have a computer or a cell phone in front of you. Yeah, no, I think, and that's, uh, you know, just uh, if, if there's any sort of piece in this, maybe it's just, you know, just try stuff. You know, the, it may not work. You may not uh, find something that works for you. But, uh, you know, just get, there, there's opportunities there. And it exactly. never hurts to ask people and, to, you know, to be as sort of uh, assertive as you're comfortable being, uh, you know, as a, as a high school student. Uh, I want to back up a little bit. Just talking some of this, you know, you're talking about the, the video packages and, and some of the graphics and stuff that you've uh, put together. I'm just curious kind of about your training. Is this these things that you've sort of you know, taught yourself? Did you take classes in, uh, you know, editing any of this kind of stuff? Or was it, uh, what was sort of your process to, to feel like you've grown with those process uh, processes and, and how you learned them? Um, for the most part, I didn't really take many classes or anything like that in relation to the after-school program, but none of that is really editing or video-based kind of things unless you want it to be, and I was more focused uh, on the radio play-by-play version of it. So, yeah, I mean, I would say everything in terms of the video packages is, you know, kind of self-taught. And I hesitate to say that, you know, self-taught because, you know, the best way to do all this stuff is to be hands-on. You can have all the classes in the world. You can have as many teachers as you want standing up in front of a room, you know, going on and on about what you need to do and that kind of thing. But the, the best way to, you know, learn how to do it is to actually do it, which seems so simple, but until you're actually working with everything... 
uh, you know, it might not be something that you realize. You know, I think it's just try everything. Sure. I mean, we've tried a, a thousand different things over the last three years. Some of it's worked, some of it hasn't. But at the end of the day, you know, now we know we, what works, what doesn't. And, you know, you have fun with it, I think, is the, is the biggest thing. No question. So uh, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you wrap up here. You've been very kind to uh, to uh, to take some time for what is uh, <laughs> clearly a very busy schedule uh, for for any high school student. And uh, you, uh, as we said, have been going uh, above and beyond. But uh, and you may have uh, kind of hit on a lot of these. But I want to just sort of see if you have, you know, any any big kind of piece of advice or, or parting thought or, or or thing that you've learned. You know, in in trying to be so involved with these things and in all the things that you've done, uh, you know, sort of outside of your, uh, of your, your regular classwork, any kind of big advice or, or things that you learned that you feel like, uh, you'd like to share? Yeah. I mean, I think there are two things and I think I've hit on them both already, but I'll, I'll repeat and go a little bit deeper in it. You know, the first is that, is that idea of preparation. When somebody, when you sit down and you turn on ESPN, those broadcasters have play sheets and all these different things that, you know, have cards that have, uh, in, unbelievable depth of information and you know then you go and you you know maybe you turn on a local broadcast or something like that sure. and you hear the difference you know what the difference is you know if an announcer doesn't know you know what he's talking about it doesn't have to be crazy but you know i sit down i watch film i do all these different things you know mm-hmm. uh, you know we'll go back to last tuesday night uh we did staples and danbury boys basketball you know there are a multitude of different storylines in that basically danbury was a state semifinalist uh, last year ended staple season a year you know before and uh, you know to be able to talk in the context of you know the wreckers trying to get revenge on them yep. uh, and that kind of thing and staples ended up pulling out the win you know stuff like that it frames the game it gives the listener more than just what the score is you want to know you know why you know maybe what is causing them to play with that little bit of uh, extra passion and that kind of thing and it really does uh, play a part, you know, whether you're doing broadcasting, whether you're doing social media, video production, you never know what tidbit is going to capture somebody's attention, uh, and that's very important. And then the second thing, you know, uh, like I said, is just have fun with it. It's sure. a blast. You're, you have four years in high school, especially, this, you know, especially the high school kids. Is There's so many opportunities that you have, and even if your school itself doesn't have any opportunities, you know, try something. Yep. Try periscoping a game. Try taking video on your phone. Whatever you can do, you know, everybody has a cell phone. Try it. And, you know, who knows? Maybe, it, maybe it'll lead somewhere. Maybe it won't. But you have absolutely no idea unless you try it. And, and you know, that is certainly the most fun thing about all of it. No question. So we uh, we greatly appreciate it, and uh, and I know we will be uh, keeping tabs on you, uh, Cooper. He's uh, heading to Syracuse, and uh, and soon to be on a, a television or radio dial uh, all over the country. I have uh, very little doubt about that. So Cooper, we uh, we greatly appreciate it. Keep up all the great work, and uh, I'm sure I will be uh, hearing from you down the road as uh, as we head towards uh, Mohegan Sun or uh, Ingalls Rink or the baseball championships or. Whatever it might be, I know uh, you'll be reaching out to me, and I look forward to it. So thanks so much for, for taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on as well, Mr. Kingston. Thanks so much to Cooper. Really enjoyed that conversation. What a kid. Uh, it's always a little humbling when we talk to a kid who's much more articulate and uh, and thoughtful than I am, although there's probably a lot of those people out there. But really appreciate uh, him. And, and as I said, uh, you know, it's not a, a lot of kids who take the initiative to, to do the sort of things that he's done, and uh, a really impressive young man so appreciate getting him uh, on the phone and we're very happy to talk with him we were very happy to talk with mike sportini of laxworm.com and jeff jacobs of the hartford current we thank all of them for being with us this week a reminder check out all the uh the things i mentioned at ciacsports.com there's a lot of good information there uh on our tournament central page if you want to keep up to date with what's happening as we head toward the winter championships Follow us on Twitter at CIAC Sports and uh, subscribe to the podcast to make sure that you get uh, all the up-to-date information and, and leave us a review and, uh, and uh, you know, rate us there as well. That's, uh, that'd be a nice thing. I looked the other day. We have exactly zero ratings and zero reviews. So I don't know if people are, uh, are listening to us via other means, whether on the website or just downloading, but uh, that, that certainly is something you can do. We would appreciate that. So 
thanks to everyone for being with us. Thanks again to our guests. And uh, we'll try to get back to our regular podcasting schedule now that we've uh, put the holidays behind us. And uh, looking forward to an excellent winter winter season here in in the coming uh, weeks and months. So thanks again for joining us. Once again, I'm Joel Cookson. And uh, we hope that you'll be back with us soon for another edition of the CIAC Cast.